each one of us can make our lives a little better by being maybe a little more fully present in it and then and then adopting habits that are more in line with nature than the way we're living and then and then sharing that with other people Welcome to Zestful Aging, where I interview thoughtful, inspiring, and influential guests who are changing the way we think about what is possible in our lives, especially as we age. I'm your host, Nicole Christina, psychotherapist and fellow Zestful Ager, and I love to hear from you, my listeners. Please leave a comment on ZestfulAging.com. And our music is courtesy of Judy Banker, who was also a show, uh, guest on the show. And it is off of her CD, Buffalo Motel. And you can find out more about Judy on judybanker.com. Well, as usual, I've got my loyal Jack Russell Sparky right by my side. He's got his harness on. He's waiting for his walk. And, uh, and But we're going to begin here in a moment. We have a wonderful interview for you today. It's really educational and inspiring. Today, we're speaking with Udo Erasmus, who's a culture changer in the field of wellness. His educational background includes biochemistry, genetics, biology, and nutrition, as well as counseling psychology. Udo found his passion in the early 90s after being poisoned by pesticides, which led him to pioneer the healthy fats and oils industry. And he is a frequent presenter at Tony Robbins and Deepak Chopra's events, where he speaks out about oils and peace. Welcome to the show, Udo. Hi, I actually got started in the early 80s. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's because I got poisoned by pesticides in 1980, and uh-huh. that was my wake-up call. Because the tell, doc- tell me about that. I, well, tell, tell us the story. Yeah, the, what happened was I got married. We, we had three kids, and my wife uh, and I split up, and I wanted to kill something, so I took a job as a pesticide sprayer and k- sprayed them very carelessly for three years, and the predictable happened. I got poisoned by the pesticides I was carelessly using. And then I went to the doctor. They don't have anything for pesticide poisoning, so we can throw them in our environment, but we don't have a fix for it. It's the usual, what do they call that, uh, freedom without responsibility. Mm. <laughs> that is fairly widespread in industry. And, uh, and so I was left to my own devices. And because I had background in biochemistry and genetics, I decided to look up health and nutrition, disease and nutrition in, uh, in Medline. And there were like mm-hmm. there were like sixteen million studies listed there. Of those, six hundred thousand were on fats, and uh, of those, uh, over thirty thousand were on essential fatty acids, which are the good mm-hmm. fats. And so I got mm-hmm. focused on fats. Out of you know the the poisoning was my wake up call. I got focused on fats because it was the area that was most complicated, most misrepresented and needed the most attention. And who were you before you were a pesticide uh, applier? What was your life like before then? What were you doing professionally? I, I, I was a gardener. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did gardening. I did a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, blue collar work. Uh, mm-hmm. I did logging and mining and uh, farming, uh, 
mixed farming, dairy farming, fruit farming. Uh, this is in Canada, in the Western in, provinces? Yeah, in Canada, did a little fishing. And basically, I did that because not because I wanted to become one of those workers, but I wanted to know what it was like to be in the shoes of those people doing those jobs. So I've always been a little out of the box in my thinking because <laughs> mm -hmm, it was not mm -hmm. exactly a career move, but it certainly uh, gave me a foundation, you know, and a certain amount of empathy for, you know, the things that how people's lives go. And this was after you had already studied biology and genetics? This was after university. Mm -hmm. I, I had... Mm -hmm. uh, I had almost a master's degree. I, I thought my, my uh, thesis was stupid. And so I decided to qu quit just you before. You got to the part. You took the classes. You got to the part where you did the thesis and you said, forget it. Yeah, basically. And, uh, wow. and then I didn't know what to do. I never got a job in biology and because there weren't any. And, uh, you know, and then I, so I just did all kinds of stuff. I traveled and lived in tents and lived in communes and and this was know. in canada or in europe yeah no mostly in canada we we left europe when i was 10 i i was born during the second world war so i have had mm -hmm. that as a memory too and uh mm -hmm. and we uh we left uh, poland with the communists chasing us in tanks and trucks on mm -hmm. roads where there were only refugees mostly mothers and little children on horse-drawn wagons and the Allies were using us as target practice from planes. So these were the good guys. And oh so I, you know, and so I became very serious very early that basically said, you know, when I listened to adults argue, I said, when I was six years old, I said, you know, there must be a way that people can live in harmony and I'm going to find out how. And all my science and bioscience and psychology and, and medicine and self-knowledge, uh, all the different things that I've looked into were always in service of how can we improve the quality of life of as many people as possible in the, you know, how can I do that in the lifetime I've got? So you were very aware that something needed to be fixed. Yeah, because if you look around and you know, look at how, how awfully people live, both in their head and in their habits and in, the, in what we're doing to the environment and how we screw up relationships and how politicians can, can, can't get over themselves and, and actually administer the affairs of the people. You look at all that says, no, man, there must be a better way than this. Mm -hmm. A lot of and, dysfunction. Right. And so you came to it organically from living out this, this uh, profound trauma. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so, uh, and so each one of us has a role to play in that because each one of us can make our lives a little better by being maybe a little more fully present in it and then mm -hmm. and then adopting habits that are more in line with nature than mm -hmm. the way we're living and then and then sharing that with other people <laughs> when when you say more in line with nature yeah what what comes to mind first uh, about the ways that we are mostly out of sync with nature uh, well i think the first thing is is what we're live we we were born in light, the energy that is life, the energy that keeps you alive. We're out, completely out of touch with it mm -hmm. because we, our senses take us out into the world and that's automatic because it's for survival of the body. But going inward to get in touch with 
our own being mm -hmm. and discovering the peace that's there and the love that's there and the unconditional love that life has for the body, that journey inward has to be deliberate. I see. And, and do we get there through meditation, mindfulness? <clears throat> are yeah. there other ways? I, I would it, it requires us sitting still. Like right now, you know, I think Corona is the best meditation teacher the world has ever seen. Sounds uh -huh. crazy. But because why? Because we are now forced into social distancing. So that means we're getting out of everybody else's business. And now we have to mind our own business. When I you see. mind your own business, when you and then literally, it's just a small step to sit down, get quiet, see how still you can get, see how deeply still you can get, see how long you can stay there and and discover what is in that stillness, because mm -hmm. everything you've been looking for in the world is actually already within you. And so we don't have the distractions now yeah, to so we, take us away from that. Exactly, because we've always been too busy. Mm. And now <laughs> now we can do all those things that we've said we're too busy to do. So this, mm -hmm. so this could be, Corona could be the best thing that's happened in the world. All mm -hmm. the great teachers spent a lifetime trying to get people to sit still and discover the beauty of their own existence. Buddha and mm -hmm. Christ and Krishna and, uh, you know, just a whole bunch of them, right? Mm -hmm. They didn't get it done in a, in a lifetime. And Corona is getting us to the point of being able to do that within a few months. So is that well, powerful? And is using an opportunity. The, and is using the least spiritual people on the planet to push us there. How about that? <laughs> that is that's absolutely fascinating. The paradox of that. Yeah, I know, isn't it? And and who'd have thought, right? Who'd have who'd thought? Have thought? A, a virus. You know, that's that's so interesting. <laughs> I was walking my dog, who I always mention in the introduction, and it, I live in upstate New York, which is almost always gloomy. But a, a little bit of sun came out, and the bird song is starting up again. And there was something just there about standing still and allowing that to penetrate that moment of absolute beauty and delight. Yeah. really makes a difference. Yeah, the, the, you know, the, the life, the best life we can live is when we're fully present in all of our being. Mm -hmm. So that's physical and, and, uh, and um, I would call it spiritual, but it's like basically being in touch with our life energy and our mm -hmm. awareness, being aware of being aware, fully present in all of our being and our surroundings. That's the perfect life and not lost in thoughts and funny ideas and beliefs in our head. Mm -hmm. mm. It's not that complicated, yeah. actually. It's right, right. It's not that complicated, which makes it difficult because the simplicity can be scary. You know, having that quiet for people I know, uh, my clients, they don't want to feel what they're feeling or think what they're thinking or realize what's gone on. Well, right? lucky, lucky for us, when we when we go into the, the, the connection to life, there are no thoughts there. So in your breath, there are no thoughts. In your kneecap, there are no thoughts. The only place where there are thoughts in the cortex of your brain. And then a mm -hmm. few other areas a little deeper in the brain than that. But there are no thoughts in the rest of your body. Why are we only in thoughts all the time? Why aren't we mm -hmm. enjoying the ecstasy of what it feels like to be alive when we're mm -hmm. actually in touch with ourselves? Mm -hmm. 
Oh, that's it's such so worth uh, repeating, um, especially now because I think there are a lot of thoughts and a lot of distractions where people are watching the news and the body counts all day long, um, and I'm encouraging people to have a bit of a media diet where all you really need is a few minutes and that you get well, you have what you need. Well, the truth is, you don't even need a few minutes of it. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm strong enough in my self-presence that I can watch the news and be okay with it and it not, not be, become depressed. Mm-hmm. But if you, if you don't do the homework that every wise person and every little child and every person close to dying, the wisdom is get present in your own life. Recognize the incredible gift you've been given and enjoy that gift because nobody can enjoy it for you. And if you don't enjoy it, it's a wasted gift. You know, that, that's, that's the message. That's the, been the message of every, anybody who has had anything really uplifting to say. It's mm-hmm. always been the same message. You already got it. Mm-hmm. Check in. Check in. Get it's closer. all there. That's get, beautiful. Yeah. Let me just ask you. We'll get to the ha- uh, the healthy oils in, in a little uh, in a few minutes because I have a lot of questions and I know my my listeners do. But what is it? What does your day look like, Udo? You know, you live in uh, Canada. What is what is a day in the life of uh, uh, Udo look like? <laughs> well, I'm not doing any blo- blue collar works these days. Although I do mm-hmm. a little gardening sometimes. But basically, yeah. um, I'm 77, so I should be retired. But I love, I love how incredible it is to be alive. I sleep until I wake up. I pretty much get eight hours of sleep, sleep, because I'm not thinking about all the things I haven't done that keep me from being able to sleep. Sometimes that happens to people as they get older, uh, if they haven't pursued. Right. You know, then they're anxious and then they're thinking and all the shoulda, woulda, couldas and, you know, and honestly, maybe deep breathing before you go to sleep is a really good idea because when you're tired, breathing will allow you to fall asleep. Just breathe mm-hmm. and breathe consciously, you know, just follow your breathing. Don't push it. Don't pull it. Just f- follow your breathing naturally. And if you're tired, you just fall asleep. So that's pretty good. So I sleep till I wake up. I eat when I'm hungry. I am. Uh, I have noticed as I've gotten older that the the less animal products I eat, the better it is. The better I feel. This is not based on a theory about anything, although it is also good for the environment. Mm-hmm. because animal growing animal foods is very labor intensive. Mm-hmm. But I so I eat mostly whole foods, plant based, raw. And so it's basically fruits and vegetables, seeds and nuts. Uh, I take I take herbs and spices. I am in love with the world of spices. That's a newer interest for me, because most of the spices that they like, like the really well known strong ones from anywhere around the world, whether mm. you're talking about turmeric from India or you're talking about black seed from the Middle East, or you're talking about garlic, uh, mustard, uh, cayenne. Um, uh, cinnamon. I'm just going through my cupboard mm-hmm. in my mind. Here. Probably ginger. Yeah. I'm guessing you, yeah. you're and, you're interested in ginger as well. Oh, of course, ginger. Yeah, I I um, so all of those have antiviral, antifungal, 
antibacterial, anti-cholesterol, anti-diabetes, anti-cardio, mm-hmm. anti-cancer, anti-inflammatory, mm. antioxidant benefits. Oh my and, goodness. And did I say anti-inflammatory? Yeah. I think so, you did. So yeah, what so, does that look like? You tell me about you get up, you so, it sounds like you're refreshed, you're hungry yeah, now. What yeah. is it that you fix yourself? So I I'm a I'm a uh I really like tahini. Mm-hmm. So I get a tahini in glass jars, organic tahini. That's my main that's you know, if you think you need proteins, that's a good protein source. Mm-hmm. Because the truth is all plants have proteins in them. So the idea that you become uh, protein deficient if you don't eat uh, protein, or if you don't eat animal products is complete BS. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's mm-hmm. enough, you know, the cow can make a steak out of grass. So there's enough protein in grass to make that steak. Elephants are made out of grass. <laughs> Gorillas are made out of leaves, <laughs> right? Right, And a right. hundred million Hindus, no, 300 million Hindus in the Brahmin caste have been plant eaters for 5,000 years, never used animal products other than a little bit of clabbered milk for the probiotics in it. Mm-hmm. But it's like a, t- a tablespoon of, of uh, li- liquid yogurt, like, a, mm-hmm. like it's mostly water. So, <clears throat> and you, so you look around zebras, horses, you know, horses have such incredible muscles. You know, when mm-hmm. they when you watch them run, the way the muscles ripple, oh, it's just like it's yes. it's it's really sexy. So they where do they get the where do they get all those muscles from? Out of grass. Mm-hmm. So the idea that we can't get enough protein eating plant based whole foods is complete garbage. And it's advertising for the people who sell us something else. And it's I not see. as healthy to do that. So anyway, I so so I <laughs> I digress. So I like my tahini. I what I do is I open up the, the 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 jar. I pour off the tahini oil because it's an omega six oil, mm-hmm. and omega six is not a big problem. I put replace it with my oil, Udo's oil, which mm-hmm. is a mixture of omega threes and omega sixes, and it's more energetic. Like it increases mm-hmm. fat burning. This is a okay. fat that increases fat burning. And omega-3s are the single most widespread essential nutrient deficient of our, deficiency of our time. So I make sure I get those with omega-6s in the right balance, 3s and 6s, okay. undamaged, organic. And I mix it up and, and I put in all my spices into that. And I gave you the list, but there's a few mm-hmm. others that, that I use mm-hmm. too. To, uh, cumin and I put some green tea powder in it. And uh, so that's so that's a mix of of protein, oil, and spices. A paste you make, a sort yeah, of yeah. A it's paste a, it's from it's, the... it's it's I make yeah. it liquid enough so that I can drink it. I see. So and you then drink I, it. Yeah, and then I get I get cabbage, and I love broccoli and and carrots and sweet potatoes or not yams actually, and um, what else? Celery I got in there and tomatoes. And apples, oranges, grapefruit, bananas, that's the fruit side. And I just eat those. And when I eat the vegetables, I literally eat the vegetable and then take a swig of this tahini with good oil and spices in it. Mm -hmm. 
and I'm 77. I have no inflammation anywhere. I have no aches and pains except when I bang into something. Mm-hmm. You know, which I still do. I still haven't learned to walk. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, and so I have no aches and pains. I have lots of energy. And uh, so that's what I do. And then I I watch the news. I, I like watching the news because it's interesting to look at all the things, the crazy things that people do. Of course, on the news, you only get the crazy stuff. You don't, they ne- <laughs> never tell you. They never tell you how much love mothers have for their children and uh, how they dress. You're watching in, U.S. news, I uh, think. Yeah, I, I am. But Canadian news is is about the same, only more toned down. <laughs> uh huh. Right? Yeah. I, and yes. so and so, but but because I and I do my practice before I get up. I forgot to tell you. So before I get out of bed, I actually do a practice of checking in and deliberately being present in all of my my being. And I joke with people sometimes. I say, you know, when I wake up, I like to check in to see if I'm still there because if I'm not there anymore, there's no point in getting out of bed. <laughs> but that's a joke. It's just like, but to me, to start the day in a place of contentment and peace and feeling fulfilled and mm-hmm. feeling loved because life loves my body unconditionally. And do you bring gratitude practice into that? You know, I, I, I don't because all of the practices that we're told to do, they're always mental. And I, what I'm trying mm-hmm. to do is walk out of the mind and go into the energy. And in the energy, it feels so good that gratitude is normal. It's just but, part of it. But, it's but baked I, in. Right. But it's baked in. Exactly. And, and, I, I, and I may not say, wow, I'm so grateful, but I'm walking around smiling. Yes. And, and just feeling awesome. Right? right. So so if I don't need a mental formula, I prefer not to use a mental formula. That's very interesting. Because sometimes when you use a mental formula, the words distract you from dropping a little deeper into the direct experience of it. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, but but am I grateful? Yeah, you look around. I mean, honestly, it, it, there isn't anything you can look at around you and not be grateful for it. Like my lights. Somebody came up with lights that I can use to light this place up when I do my video things, right? Or in the evening so I can read. I have a little trampoline. Somebody made that. You know, mm-hmm. I can bounce around on the trampoline, get a little exercise. That's fun. I you have know, one as well. I, yes. I have a I have a mattress that improves circulation. That is, you know, I have a television set that I can find out what Trump is doing today, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because just about everything these days is about Trump or Corona, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I can so I can do that. And I, you know, somebody made the glass in my window, and somebody made the 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 wood that that's that's frames this place I live in you know and then I go out outside and I'm looking out the door you know the grass is growing the 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 cherries are just beginning to flower you know and you look at the air some something made air for me to breathe and something made grass you know makes the grass grow and something you're talking about awe that you're living in a sense of awe yeah fundamentally because if if you if you actually pay attention it's like, oh my God, <laughs> how did all this happen? And who's behind it? And what's behind it? And how do I get to be so lucky to be able to enjoy both outside and inside everything? Mm-hmm. 
And wow, then so and then I, I read, I do quite a bit of reading. I love science. I'm not so big on, on novels because I have a pretty fertile imagination, so I could make stuff up. So I'd rather read about how the world works uh, and I find because I find it absolutely fascinating. I'm reading about um, uh, there's a now there's there's a book called the, the Fourth Phase of Water. You know, water is usually solid, liquid, or gas. Mm -hmm. But there is a phase of water that is gel-like and charged and and absolutely essential for life to be able to occupy a human body. So I've been reading about that. It's really, really novel stuff. We didn't read it, didn't learn it in university. Mm. And uh, I'm reading a book about, one, one is called... Uh, the rainbow and the word, the worm, which is about quantum biology, which is like energy biology. You know, when, mm -hmm. when I studied biology, it means study of life. But we never studied life in biology. We studied form and we studied function. We never, I always thought I would have a glass full, like a glass jar, half full of life and that was liquid and shining. That's what I thought I would get by studying biology. But we never studied life. In fact, every, we study everything but life in biology, in the study of life. In mm -hmm. psychology, we don't study the soul. We study the mind. You know, yes. in medicine, we don't study health. We study disease. <laughs> so if you, want, if you want to live in truth, you may actually have to do some original research on your own to pay attention, to get out of the box, to not just to question what you're told. Because a, a lot of what we are told is not working that well. Let's take a minute to thank our sponsor, Copper Compression, for supporting the Zestful Aging podcast. Copper Compression was in the news recently when they donated their entire stock of 18,000 masks to New York and New Jersey hospitals. Thank you so much for that. We're happy to work with a brand that has its values in the right place. Copper Compression offers a full range of copper-infused wellness products like braces, gloves, and sleeves that provide targeted relief and the support you need through your active recovery. They have the highest copper content on the market, guaranteed. Copper-infused fabric is really an amazing material. It has antimicrobial and anti-odor properties, and it helps increase blood flow. This unique combination of compression and copper gives you the strength to heal. Many of you know that I'm an avid tennis player, and over the years I've had to deal with the pain of plantar fasciitis. And for those of you who haven't experienced it, it literally feels like walking on little nails. It is very painful. Uh, but their plantar fasciitis foot supports have really helped me. They're also offering a generous 30% off on your first order just for zestful aging listeners. So go to coppercompression.com forward slash zestful aging, or you can just use the promo code zestful aging at checkout for your discount. Again, a big thanks to Copper Compression for their support.
Mm-hmm. Right. That is for sure. I, now, speaking of that, that's a yeah. lovely segue because we're told a lot of different things about fats <laughs> and uh, depending yeah. on, you know, what the the diet of the week is or the yeah. fashion is, yep. you should only eat bacon and butter or <laughs> you should avoid fat like it's, it, it, yes. you know, it's the yes. devil. And yeah. you have a lot to say about fats and a lot of yeah. science. And yeah. I think, it, you know, people really want to hear that because we're so confused and i am someone as you know who's psychotherapist who has some you know uh, some kind of hold or grasp on basic nutrition and i'm confused so i'm sure the people who are not even in this field at all do not know what to do with themselves with that right so so we start us understand okay so so the book is called fats that heal fats that kill because okay. when I started studying fats, the reason why they were so complicated is because the bad and the good were all mixed up and people just got confused. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's good. No, it's bad. It's bad. Yes. No, it's good. So, right. so I said, okay, if you understand that there are two opposite stories on fat, some of them kill you, some of them heal you. If you understand that as a foundation, then it's just a matter of figuring out which ones are the good ones and bringing them in, which ones are the bad ones and making sure you don't, you don't bring them in. Even so, if they're advertised like this is a hundred percent vegetable oil yeah, ad- and it makes it sound like it's the best thing ever. I would say advertising is a form of lying that is legal. <laughs> <laughs> they call okay. it sometimes the legal term for it is called huffing and puffing. Uh-huh. This is actually true. Huffing and puffing. So you cannot be you cannot be held criminally responsible or legally responsible for huffing and puffing in the hope for sales. I see, I see. <laughs> so, okay. so you have to take all of that with a grain of salt. But mm-hmm. if, uh, if you look in nature, there is fat in everything. In, around every cell, in every apple you eat, in every orange you eat, in your broccoli that you like or don't like, in your, uh, in your seeds and nuts, there are fats in all of those foods. Every and food, a good every whole reason. food. Yeah, every f- whole food has fat in it. So okay. they're so they're part of nature, and so are you. If you eat in line with nature, you will be eating fats. If you go on a fat-free diet, it will kill you if you stay on it long enough. If you go on a low-fat diet, you will get uh, dry skin, and then you get low energy levels, and then slowly, slowly, you start falling apart. I used to tell people that. You know, how many of you have dry skin? This is a vegetarian, international vegetarian society, a talk, right? Said, how many of you are, uh, how many of you are vegetarian? All the hands go up because they're all vegetarians, right? Mm-hmm. How many of you have dry skin? All the hands go up. And so I said to them, the, the mistake you're making on the low-fat diet is there are fats that you have to have. And if you don't get enough, the first thing that happens is your skin gets dry because your skin gets them last and loses them first because in the rest, in the inside of your body, they have vital functions that you can't live without. So when your skin is dry, you need more of the right kind of fat. Mm-hmm. And they're all looking at me as, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> right? And so not all of them did it, but the ones who did 
some of them got back to me and said, that was awesome because when I started taking the oils that you recommend with omega-3 and 6 in them, my skin became nicer, my energy uh, got better, my hair started to grow, I'm thinking clearer. Uh, and, and then if you want to go, go on and on with it, I have less inflammation, my mood is better, uh, mm. pregnancies become less eventful. Uh, you know, so literally every part of the body improves when you go mm-hmm. from a low-fat diet to a right-fat diet. I love that. Right-fat. Be- now, talk, talk a minute <clears throat> about coconut oil, which was supposed to save us. Um, <laughs> okay. And so, I think people got really excited about it, and now yeah. maybe it's the next best thing. What, yeah, what's no, the story it, about No, it's, it's, this is, coconut is the previous fad. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, so... Coca, there was, this is how it happened. Coconut is mostly saturated fat. The omega-3 and omega-6, which are the only two molecules from fats that are essential to your health, that your body can't make, that you have to bring in if you want to be healthy. Coconut mm-hmm. contains almost none of those. But there was a guy who wrote a book about coconut who made every claim that can legitimately be made for omega-3s on the basis of existing research. He made every claim for coconut without any research behind it. How do I know? I read the book. I, uh, <laughs> I I was shocked when I read it. And I went into Medline and looked up all of the claims he made. There was not evidence for a single claim he made. And now oh there's research goodness. coming out that coconut fat actually increases LDL cholesterol, which is the, the unfavorable cholesterol. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and that's just begun because now coconuts become very popular. But here's what's really interesting. If you eat coconut oil, your cholesterol, your LDL will go up. If you eat the coconut, your LDL will not go up. Mm-hmm. So, so my answer is eat the damn coconut. It's a whole eat, food. Eat the whole food. Not, eat the whole yeah. food. And it's, they think it's the fiber in the coconut. That prevents your cholesterol from going up. Now it, I'm going to ask you another hard question. As somebody who loves yeah. to cook, yeah, um, and I and I'm very interested and curious what you're going to say. Of <laughs> course, many many recipes. Yeah. Uh, if you're a foodie and yeah. you want delicious food, starts with putting uh, olive oil and garlic in a pan and heating it up. Yeah. Right to yep. see or whatever you whatever you're doing, and I'm I'm thinking from what you're what I know about your research and your your book mm-hmm. that is not a helpful practice. Yeah, if you love if you love cooking with oil, you should cover your ears right now so you don't hear what I'm going to say. <laughs> okay, <laughs> thank you for the warning. <laughs> yeah, really, <laughs> and you know what, frying is the single stupidest thing we have done in food preparation in our 200,000 year history. Mm. And the reason why is that oils are our most sensitive nutrients. They're damaged Mm. by light, they're damaged by heat, and they're damaged by oxygen. And when you put, and they need the most care of any of our nutrients, and we give them the least care. When you throw an oil in the frying pan, On a on a on a hot element mm-hmm. on your stove, mm-hmm. you are damaging the oil simultaneously by the destructive 
effect of light and oxygen and heat on the oil all at the same time. Now those oils, except for extra virgin olive oil, which is, is made in a different way, but most of the oils we use have already been damaged before they went in the bottle, before they went in the shelf, before you bought them. Because they're treated Even with Drano, with window washing acid, then bleached, which makes mm -hmm. them rancid, and then heated to frying temperature to clean up the stink. So oh those goodness. oils are already damaged, maybe up to 1%. And if you damage an oil 1%, it's usually be between half and 1%. But if it's 1% damaged in a tablespoon, so that's not very much, in a tablespoon of that oil, there will be 60 quintillion damaged molecules. That's more than a million damaged molecules for every one of your body's 60 trillion cells. And it's so you're and hurting before, yourself. And that's, you're hurting. And that's yeah. before you fry it. Now, oh when you goodness. take that oil and fry it, and you're taking two to four tablespoons a day, because that's normal intake, you're, you, you know, the damage that you do to your body goes up. Every molecule that is damaged is no longer natural and will find a place in your body where it interferes with what's supposed to be going on there for health in that place where it is. So you're, you're <clears> saying <throat> to us the, the, the standard process of cooking american cooking at least yeah. um about this idea of you know you start with the oil you add some shallots maybe some nice garlic you heat it even before it gets to smoking point which i know is not a good thing and you put in your vegetable whatever you're saying that has got to be completely re-engineered yeah well not re-engineered you need to yeah. take out your frying pan, turn it upside down, hit yourself on the head with it really hard <laughs> so it's associated with pain, and then throw it out because it will give you pain. The research is very clear. If you overheat carbohydrates, so we're talking grains, even granola, you know, the so-called so health food, right? Or you overheat oils or you overheat proteins, like when you fry them, you know, the outside is burnt, right? Or, or grilling. <laughs> Yeah, any of it, anything that overheats any any of the food, oil and protein and carbs increase your risk of cancer independent of each other when you overheat them. So cooking in water makes some sense because you're not burning the food unless you burn on the bottom of the pan. Mm -hmm. Eating raw is nature's mandate. Nature's mandate is fresh, whole, raw, organic. Mm -hmm. That's how every creature eats except us and the animals we feed. That's the standard for health because your genetic program, your whole entire system was made to function in line with nature and in nature because we're part of nature. And anything you do that gets you out of line will take away from your health. So the mm -hmm. worst thing is, is frying. The second worst thing is white sugar. But frying is worse than sugar. Uh -huh. And then you do that, you know, when you when you fry foods. And, and by the way, this is not just American. This is like everywhere mm -hmm. in Asia. They love fried food and the mm -hmm. and the oil industry created that because they wanted to sell more oil because they were they came. We came out of a time when people cooked in water and we, when I was a kid. We would throw the steak 
in, we cut it in cubes, throw it in the stew with the vegetables and the spices. That's how we ate our meat. It wasn't burnt, mm-hmm. wasn't mm-hmm. burnt, wasn't toxic, tasted great, mm-hmm. right? But now everybody fries because the industry says, oh man, they're using water for cooking. Imagine how much oil we could sell if we could get them to use oil oh, for cooking. Oh my goodness. And, now, and oh, we used to call it goodness. frying, now it's called cooking. Cooking used to mean mm-hmm. cooked in water and, and cooked in oil was called frying. Now these people don't say frying. Now they say cooking. So they've ma- yes. they've made it sound everything. like it's a, it's like a good thing. It's everything. not a good thing. And, and this, and, you know, I'm thinking about like when you order out Chinese, which I rarely do. Yeah. You're starting with the cheapest, junkiest soybean oil. Yeah. Which is already problematic. Yeah. And, and then they, you're then you're frying it. Yeah. And, and then they fry it over and over and over and over again, right? And if you especially if you're do, doing deep frying. And the only reason why that oil doesn't turn into charcoal in that process is because you keep taking damaged oil out on the vegetables that you're putting in there. So you're, and then you're eating the, you're eating the poison. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, who came up with that? Mm-hmm. Right. And what is your, I, we talked about the fashion, the diet fashion, the diet trends, smoothies. Talk yeah. to me about smoothies. Yeah, smoothies smoothies are good from the perspective of if you have no teeth and you can't chew your <laughs> foods. No, that's true, right? I mean, once your teeth all fall out when you're like 80 or whatever, then you got to have something that, that chops up your food for you. But here's the thing. When you make smoothies, they shouldn't be smooth. They should be lumpies, should they, <laughs> right? And the reason why is that if you chew food, you don't you don't make it smoothie chewed. So you have lumps and you absorb some of the nutrients and some of the nutrients you don't get and your blood sugar doesn't go up because, you know, it's not all being released fast. If you make smoothies, it's too finely divided. Yes. And you can raise your blood sugar with it, depending, of course, in what you put in it. So the smoothie should be lumpies, uh-huh. and and uh, and then it and then it would work better. Uh, Fascinating. Yeah, I I did the smoothie thing because I was trying to be a healthy right. healthy woman. I got the super fancy blender, and I was getting terrible stomach aches. Oh yeah. And my and my doctor said, you know, you're not supposed to be drinking, you know, a sixteen ounce glass of <laughs> yeah, forty five vegetables in, yeah, in at the four, same time. in four seconds while you race out to do some stupid thing you shouldn't be doing in the first place. <laughs> yeah. Right. But here's the thing. You, if you do smoothie, you know, it would work if you did a, a mouthful of smoothie and then swished it around in your mouth because that's actually and, you know, chewed it, chewed the smoothie. Yeah, because you you want to insalivate it because that starts the digestive process and tells your body what's coming down the pike. And you're you and, have teeth for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. Te- and saliva. For a reason, right? right. So right. if you took it one mouthful at a time and chewed it and ate it gradually over the course of maybe your 16 ounces over the course of two hours, then it would be better. I see. Then, then, you know, and of course, part of the reason why we don't do that is because we're all in a hurry. We think we have all these other more important things to do than eating. And, and so we just wolf it down you know, and then flip the, you know, flip the container out, right? And and then race off and do something. 
what are you familiar? I'm sure you are because you're the world's expert in this. But one of the things that I've learned lately that I thought was so fascinating is how we approach our meal emotionally really has an impact on how we digest. And that if we're in a stressed out state, our metabolism really can't do what it's meant to do. Do you want to speak to that? Yeah, when you're stressed out, you're not supposed to be eating, you're supposed to be running. Mm-hmm. Right, because stress is about survival, and and stress is it triggers your your fight and flight response. Mm-hmm. So you're so then you so then you're in sympathetic nervous system. Then you're in action, and in order to get the blood to your muscles and 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 all the places that need that need uh, that need blood, so you can escape, digestion gets turned off. Because you don't want to spend your energy on digestion when you're fleeing for your life. That's right. So the idea of being stressed and then eating is, is it'll be hard on your digestive system. You're supposed to eat uh, before you sleep or after you sleep. You're supposed to eat when you're not under stress, when your life is not under threat. Now, part of our problem is that we live in, in, in self manufactured stress, either by the media it's manufactured or by the government it's manufactured or we manufactured in our own heads by our fears of what if, anxiety, what if, what if, what if, you know, what, I mean, it's crazy. I'm sitting in my living room and I could, I could adrenalize myself by just thinking, what if there was a, a meteor that was coming out of outer space 60 quintillion miles away? And it's barreling at 18,000 miles an hour and it's going to come and it's going to hit me on the head and it's going to kill me. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. That's like just a total fantasy. You what do if? have. You said you had a good imagination. I, I, I know. So I can make up <laughs> stuff like this, right? I see. Yeah. And it's one of the reasons why human beings, because we're all pretty good at fantasizing and... and, and sure. And, especially and, now. And, and what do we call it? Um, uh, catastrophizing. catastrophizing. Catastrophizing is one of the reasons why human beings need to take time to sit still, get mm. out of their head, get into mm. their heart, get into their body, and feel the fulfillment of being just present without thoughts. Right? That's why that's important for us. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, and, and what if is is... Every, every anxiety has a what if in front of it. I used to be afraid of flying. First, I was flying okay, and then I became afraid of flying. Why did I become afraid of flying? Well, somebody dumped me. That's what, that's what the start of it was. Somebody dumped me. And, and then I was like, and I, I paid attention to it. And I, sometimes I cried on the plane because I was so afraid. And it was all based on what if we crash? You know, and I could have say with with a little more discipline, I could have said, "What if we land safely?" Because because mm-hmm. the chances of uh, landing safely is like thousands of times higher mm-hmm. than that we're going to crash. And somebody said to me, "Well, you know, uh, flying is safer than being in a car." And I said to them, "Well, it doesn't feel that like that to me." But the truth is, if you look at the math, mm-hmm. flying is safer than driving. That's right. But because I was fantasizing, what if 
I was literally doing that to myself. You know, or when I started doing public speaking, I was very shy as a kid. I could sit in a chair in an empty room, imagine myself in front of an audience. There was nobody there except me in the chair. And I and I could completely adrenalize by just saying, what if they criticize me? What if somebody knows something I don't know? What if somebody challenges me and I don't have an answer? I could literally mm-hmm. adrenalize myself. Get yourself going, yeah. And my professor said, you know, the reason why you get adrenalized is because you're thinking about yourself. If you were thinking about serving other people in the best way you can, you would not be, you would not be adrenalized. So then I sat in the chair and I'd go back and forth between what if and adrenalize myself. And then change my my thought to, I'm here to explain to you how oils work so that you can use the information to improve your own health. And you know what? The moment I said that, my my nervousness was completely gone. Mm, that's so And it was literally, I went back and forth, sitting in the same chair in the same yes. empty room and yep. doing the one and then doing the other just to test mm-hmm. what my professor said was true, my psych prof. I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. And now I get up on stage. I'm not confused. I don't care. I'm not I'm not worried about whether they're going to whether they're going to criticize me or not. I've always been pretty good at answering criticism anyway. You know, and, and basically I'm just going in there. Why am I going there? I want to help people improve the quality of their lives in any way I can, <clears throat> because I feel taken care of. There's nothing else to do other than to help people. <clears throat> and I'm not I'm not nervous at all. I don't get butterflies before I get up on, on stage. People say, oh, you need that. Otherwise, you won't be a good speaker. No, I am a really good speaker and I don't get butterflies, but I'm present. I get really present before I go on stage. Present and you also <laughs> have a great sense of humor. So that helps people. Yeah, well, if, yeah, if, you, <laughs> if you're present and, you're, and you love your life, sense of humor... You it comes with it. <laughs> you don't have Listen, to. Listen, yeah, I wanna, I wanna um, ask you about where people can find out more about you, your books, your work. So give me some, um, give me some ideas about that. Please. Okay, I I have two websites. One is called mm-hmm. Udo's Choice, U D O S okay. Choice, Udo's Choice dot yeah. com, and okay. that's <clears throat> and that's about the oil blend that I work with and digestive enzymes, probiotics, and a few other things that are very central to health. Uh, I have another website that is theudo.com, T-H-E, Udo, theudo.com. And Uh on that, there is uh, quite a few, uh, we've got some courses, we're just building that. We just started a year ago to put that together. So we have some courses on that and some of my, uh, lots of videos and uh, just different on different topics, all kinds of different topics, leadership health, and health. For, okay. Yeah, leadership. And a whole, whole, it yeah, sounds yeah. like the general ideas yeah, that yeah, it's always, holistic. Yeah, always based on nature and human nature. Based and so nature that and nature, nature and human nature, if you're fully present in your own nature and your, your surroundings, that will affect what kind of leadership you do. That will affect how you do business. That will affect mm-hmm. how your relationships go. That will affect how everything works because everything you do is an expression of your state of being. 
So you want to work on the state of being because when you work on the state of being, you're actually improving everything that you do Mm -hmm. all at the same time. That's that's right. Because you're the author of all of everything that you do. So the more present you are and the deep, more deeply present you are, the more you have to give into every situation too, the more you can help people. So I, so, and it's, that's the, that's the focus, but I talk about oils and we're working on a digestion uh, course and uh, all, all kinds of stuff. And then sometimes we talk about, I did some videos on, on viruses because of Corona and mm-hmm. some of the things that, that I do and, so there's a lot of lot of stuff on it, but it's a, a work in progress. Stuff. Yeah, and that will be um, in the show notes for people. Udo'schoice.com and theudu.com, and they'll be able to find that. And, uh, let, in, and let me just yeah. finish something I started saying about oils. The way to use oils, since we're not supposed to fry them, is if you cook, cook in water, and once the food comes off the heat, you add oil. Afterwards, you could put it in hot food, in hot soup, on steamed vegetables, but you want to do it after. You do not want to put oils in a frying pan if health is what your goal is. That's really helpful, and um, and I think something that we can all work towards, um, and it will, I think, change a lot of our. our, It is so interesting because I was uh, on some kind of online cooking thing, and they said, you know, heat your oil until it just starts to smoke. And I thought, I don't think that's right. No, because you you know, you know, when you turn oil into smoke, you've changed the chemistry. Yes, and you know, smoke is carcinogenic. In fact, there's Mm -hmm. research that shows that cooks who spend eight hours in front of of a frying pan in a restaurant have four times the lung cancer of normal people who only spend maybe a couple hours in front of the frying That's pan. That's fascinating. Four times. Fascinating. Because they're breathing in this this so, smoke, these fumes. Yes. And, and the oil is being damaged long before it starts to smoke. So the There's idea so that the smoke point, it's, here, it's, yeah. it's complete BS. Yeah, no, I think that this will be really helpful for our audience, and they'll really appreciate this. Cool. Thank you so much for taking time. I know you've got a lot of things going on, and I so appreciate your down-to-earth uh, way of talking about it when I know that there's a lot of complexity, but I love the way you just sort of kind of simplify it for us and so we can take it into our daily habits and, and start thinking about this more um I think critically what we're being sold and what we're being taught. Yeah. Well, thank you for being an amplifier for a useful message. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us on Zestful Aging. If you like the podcast, please share it with some of your friends. I love to hear from my listeners. Send me an email at NicoleChristina.com. Hello, Zesties. I want to tell you about one of my all-time favorite exercise and stress reduction tools, which I am really relying on during this quarantine, but I've sung its praises for years. The benefits are seemingly endless. Uh, It's great for toning and strengthening muscles. It improves your lymph system, your metabolism. It helps with joint pain and balance, and it's even used by NASA astronauts because 
because it's such an efficient way to exercise. And if you're older or you're worried about your balance, you can order a stabilizer bar to hang on to. I'm talking about my Nedac Rebounder mini trampoline. I put on my music and I have my own dance party. Because for me, exercise needs to be fun and invigorating. Otherwise, I don't want to do it. Now is not the time for the philosophy of no pain, no gain, because we're in enough pain. This is a way to feel good and energized and have fun. It really does help mood as well. And I like that NEDAC is made in the USA and it is really solid. I've had mine for 15 years and it's still in great shape. The NEDAC Rebounder will help us get through this quarantine in better shape mentally and physically. And there's also a model that folds up if space is an issue. One of my clients puts it on her driveway and uses it while she's watching her kids during the quarantine. Anyway, I can't recommend NEDAC Rebounders enough. They are a worthwhile investment in your health and overwhelm overall well-being, especially now. If you are interested in a mini trampoline, please don't buy a cheap one. Those can be actually dangerous, and it is really worth uh, investing in a good quality one. And right now, if you use the coupon code just for Zestful Aging listeners, the code is Zestful, they are going to include a free cover for you. So go to NEDAC.com. It's N-E-E-D-A-K.com. And if you have any questions, you can contact me at ZestfulAging.com. I really am their biggest fan. In this phase of our lives, we're more aware that our time is precious, and we certainly don't want to waste it taking care of stuff that we no longer need, left over from a life that we are no longer living. We know we would feel better with less clutter and more open space, but we don't know how to get there. If this sounds familiar, I'd love you to check out the online course I've developed with professional organizer and designer, Carrie Luteran. This course is different than others you may have tried because we give you clear steps to deal with the clutter and tools to help you face the overwhelm and feelings that come up when you're going through your clutter. It's practical and realistic, and the lessons are short and punchy and very manageable, but it has the power to change your life. We all deserve to live in a peaceful home without the chaos of too much stuff. Find out more at NicoleChristina.com. And stay tuned next week for another interview with a fascinating and inspiring guest.